It's time for Cindy Gilman on Talk Radio. Cindy Gilman, human potential counselor and nationally known ESP expert, will take your calls at 438-8700. That's 438-8700. Cindy Gilman, only on Talk Radio. And a very good Sunday afternoon to all of you. Donna Levine writes, Life's difficult times can also be times of growth. There are times in life when we may feel lost and defeated. We don't know which way to turn, and all of our efforts seem to get us nowhere. Yet as difficult as these moments may be, we will become stronger if we face each day with patience and hope. If we accept our weaknesses, but concentrate on our strengths. If we love and care for ourselves, even when we are angry and confused. If we can look at doubt and fear, but keep our minds on the fact that the struggle is helping us grow in faith and confidence. If, when we fall, we gently pick ourselves up and continue walking, if we keep thinking about all the things we can do well, all the things that bring us joy, and all the people we love who also love us, if we hold on to our goals even though the way to reach them may be unclear, then we can see the troubling times almost as friends who have come to help us grow further than we thought we could friends who are showing us the way to a more courageous heart, friends who help us see that we are more powerful than we ever thought we were, friends who help us see that the hard times are making us more open to accepting life as it comes and realizing that we all have the inner strength and loving nature to deal successfully with any difficult moment and that was written by Donna Levine life's difficult times can also be times of growth well good afternoon to all of you and uh, to all of my wonderful listeners who have been uh, so faithful uh, over the last 12 years that I have been here um, giving uh, giving you this hour and this time to talk about your difficult times. I would uh, like to give you the opportunity right now to pick up your telephones, 438-8700, uh, because uh, my guest today, who is a very incredible human being who I did get to speak with by phone this week and uh, and who is here by phone, I am sure you are going to want to talk to. If you are finding that uh, you are in the midst of life's difficult times, um, I'm sure you will want to pick up your phone and talk to this gentleman. Over the last 12 years, we've talked about a number, a number of issues that are, I believe, important to all of us. Uh, perhaps some of these subjects may have seemed at the time a little uh, way out for some of you but uh, as we got to know each other they became familiar terms 
terms uh, like energy and synchronicity and chakras and aura and healing and making whole and talking about your own personal experiences and your own spiritual growth. Sometimes even when you were in the midst of difficult times and it was difficult for you to hear what I was saying. Well, every once in a while, we get a gift. And that gift comes in different forms. It comes through a friend, comes in the way of a present. It comes through acknowledgement. And this week I received a gift. In fact, yesterday through, uh, through the goodness of FedEx, I received a wonderful package. And in that package uh, was a book called Your Sacred Self and some wonderful audio tapes that I listened to last evening and yesterday in the afternoon. And I want to, I want to begin uh, to introduce my guest, Dr. Wayne Dyer, by reading the first page of his book, which I think is an absolutely wonderful little story. And perhaps while you're listening, you'll want to pick up your phones and get a chance to talk to Dr. Dyer. But listen to this little story because I think it has very, a very significant message. Dr. Dyer begins his book by saying, Dear Reader, imagine the scene, if you will. Two babies are in utero, confined to the wall of their mother's womb, and they're having a conversation. For the sake of clarity, we'll call these twins ego and spirit. Spirit says to Ego, I know you're going to find this difficult to accept, but I truly believe there is life after birth. Ego responds, Don't be ridiculous. Look around you. This is all there is. Why must you always be thinking about something beyond this reality? Accept your lot in life. Make yourself comfortable and forget about all this life after birth nonsense. Spiritly, Spirit quiets down for a while, but her inner voice won't allow her to remain silent any longer. Ego, don't get mad, but I have something else to say. I also believe that there is a mother. A mother, Ego guffaws. How can you be so absurd? You've never seen a mother. Why can't you accept that this is all there is? The idea of a mother is crazy. You're here alone with me. This is your reality. Now grab hold of that cord, go into your corner, and stop being so silly. Trust me, there is no mother. Spirit reluctantly stops her conversation with Ego, but her restlessness soon gets the better of her. Ego, she implores, please listen without rejecting my idea. Somehow I think 
that those constant pressures we both feel, those movements that make us so uncomfortable sometimes, that continual repositioning and all of that closing in that seems to be taking place as we keep growing is getting us ready for a place of glowing light and we will experience it very soon. Now I know you're absolutely insane, replies Ego. All you've ever known is darkness. You've never seen light. How can you even contemplate such an idea? Those movements and pressures you feel are your reality. You are a distinct, separate being. This is your journey. Darkness and pressures and a closed-in feeling are what life is all about. You'll have to fight, fight it as long as you live. Now grab your cord and please stay still. Spirit relaxes for a while, but finally she can contain herself no longer. Ego, I have only one more thing to say, and then I'll never bother you again. Go ahead, Ego responds impatiently. I believe all of these pressures and all of this discomfort is not only going to bring us a new celestial light, but when we experience it, we are going to meet Mother face to face and know an ecstasy that is beyond anything we have ever experienced up until now. You really are crazy spirit. Now I'm truly convinced of it. Well, that, of course, is a metaphor and a metaphor that Dr. Wayne Dyer begins his book with. A book that I suggest all of you pick up, and uh, we have the wonderful pleasure, because Dr. Wayne Dyer is coming to Rhode Island, and he is being sponsored by The Learning Connection to do a two-part workshop on this Tuesday evening at Rhode Island College. And... Uh, so before you even arrive here physically, let me welcome you to Rhode Island. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Cindy. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Great. I enjoyed hearing that story again. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ego and spirit. Yes. And uh, you talk a lot about that in your book. Yeah, well, I think the essence of it all is that there's really two people in each and every one of us. There is this... Uh, <clears throat> there's this idea that we have that it's called an ego you'll never find an ego in an autopsy it's not something you'll uh, you know that's in the real world it's just an idea that we all carry around and this idea uh, is that uh, we, who we are is someone who is separate and special and important and um, we need to consume and we need to prove ourselves and we need to compare ourselves and then there's this hidden higher or what i call the sacred self which understands that uh, we're really all connected and that um, uh, we are. We can never be separate from our need, for example, for oxygen, and our need for food, and our need for love, and our need to uh, uh, communicate with each other and be with each other. Whereas ego says, no, 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 no. You don't. You're separate. You're very, very distinct from everything and everyone else. Mm. And our ego is the part of us that uh, rules our lives too frequently. And um, what I have done with this book and what I've done in my life is to try to help people to just sort of have the uh, sacred part of us which only wants us to be at peace that's the only thing it ever wants it doesn't it doesn't insist that we be right it doesn't insist that we defeat somebody else that we compare ourselves to anyone else all it wants for us is to be at peace and to allow this part of us this part of us that is sacred and divine 
uh, and without any uh, uh, any airs about it, uh, just wants us to be at peace and to allow us, us to have this part of ourselves rule our lives. And um, once you get that, you experience a peace and a bliss in virtually everything that you do. I, you know, I, I'm always, um, I'm always in great respect for people who as they go through their own personal change are willing to share it with others and as i was looking through your book and listening to your tapes i i was uh kind of sitting by my sitting by myself and nodding in agreement and um you make reference to things that you have learned from your own personal experience uh through your studies in uh, eastern philosophy and kabbalah uh, through Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Carl Jung. But the nice thing uh, is that, and I think, which is a sign of a great parent or teacher, is that you teach by example. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, my life has been my, uh, my classroom. And uh, I have, uh, you know, I started writing for the public over 20 years ago, which your erroneous sounds. And I was really then writing about managing your emotions and uh, right. avoiding being victimized and things like this. And, and my life has been an unfolding of uh, moving from being a physical being or a human being having a spiritual experience to the reverse, to being a spiritual being having a human experience. And the spiritual side uh, has, uh, has come with, uh, with a lot of falls and a lot of, uh, a lot of struggles and, uh, and things that um, you know, I'm willing to share with the world. Right. Um, it's interesting because according uh, not only in your references to the Kabbalah but in terms of my own studies and knowledge of uh, uh, Kabbalah and uh, and that uh, thought uh, it is through our falls that we tend to take inventory and realize that uh, we have the opportunity and choices to make changes in our lives. What the Kabbalah taught me about that, which was very uh, exciting for me, when I, I was, it was a, a moment of uh, what the Japanese call satori, mm -hmm. which means uh, instant awakening. Right. And in this, uh, in this epiphany that I received when I was studying the Kabbalah, it said that we show up here on this planet for uh, a purpose, that the, this is a divine uh, universe, this is a, a universe that has an intelligence to it, and that intelligence flows through everything. And that we show up here in order to discover God, to, to find God in ourselves and in all things. Right. And in order to be able to make this leap from being a physical being to being a spiritual being, it says that we must generate an incredible amount of energy. And it talks a lot about energy mm -hmm. and the need to, uh, to be able to generate that energy. But the most enlightening thing that it provided for me was it says that in order to be able to generate the energy to move to a higher level in your life, you must first experience a fall. Right. Uh, when I was in high school on the track team, I was the high jumper on the track team. Mm -hmm. And I used to set that bar up there, and then I'd run up to the bar. And in order to propel my body over the bar, I would have to get down real low. I'd run up to the bar, get down as low as I possibly could, and in the process of getting down low, or falling, if you will, mm -hmm. I would generate the energy to propel myself over the bar to this higher level. And that's sort of like a metaphor for, for all of the falls of our lives. We have to be able to look at all of the things that we've experienced in our lives understand that this is an intelligent system that we're a part of 
and to realize that most spiritual advances that we make in our lives are preceded by a fall of one kind or another, whether it's, it's an accident or an illness or a breakup in a relationship or a bankruptcy or a fire or a depression or something like that, that generally speaking, those things get us in touch with God. And what the ego, the ego is terrified of that. So the ego, this part of you that tells you how special and important you are all the time, uh, is terrified of that because it knows that if you fall, that that's when you'll find God and you'll discover God. So it will, it sort of, instead of uh, allowing you to have falls, it sort of promotes a steady river of misery at the surface of your life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and, and it avoids those falls. And I know it is in the falls of my life. That's when I left the addictions of my life behind. Mm -hmm. That's when I learned how to uh, experience a, a divine relationship in my life. That's um, those falls, those, uh, those troubling times. Um, are very very valuable to us and we need to stop judging them as uh, as things that god shouldn't be doing to us and probably our listeners right now who have been through that falls are nodding their heads as they listen to this program and it was interesting because this summer i had the opportunity to um, have on this program and have a conversation with dr bernie siegel and um, and Bernie talks a lot about how those uh, terminally ill patients that he has worked with have taught him that uh, that at, at a time of great difficulty in their lives, if you talk to uh, patients who are dealing with cancer or terminal cancer, that they have looked at it as a gift. Mm, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I just uh, I've been on many programs with Bernie. He's of course a dear friend. And I have a great deal of respect for him. I was just in uh, in uh, uh, Singapore and Kuala Lumpur mm. speaking with a man named uh, J.W. Mitchell, who uh, had his whole face off and was, you know, has has been through. Is in a wheelchair. He was in a plane crash. I mean, he's had many, many just horrible falls in his life. And um, he gets up there on stage and here this man whose face is just all disfigured and so on, and talks about how this experience these accidents and that when he was in that accident and was burned like over something like 90 percent of his body yeah. uh he talks about this as one of the greatest gifts that ever came to him in his life and uh people are just absolutely amazed at that and he said it's because it really taught him that who he is is not a uh, uh you know not a physical being that that, uh, that he's something much grander than that much greater than all of that i know that uh in um you know, when I, I wrote a book a few years ago called You'll See It When You Believe It. Right. And there was a wonderful quote I put at the very beginning by John Quincy Adams. Mm -hmm. Let me share it with you. Who's from that part of the country. He said in his letters, uh, he said, John Quincy Adams is well, but the house in which he lives at the present time is becoming dilapidated. It's tottering on its foundations. Time and the seasons have nearly destroyed it. Its roof is pretty well worn out. Its walls are much shattered and tremble with every wind. I think John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it soon. But he himself, he himself is quite well. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> <me too. laughs> um, can you hold on for a moment while sure. we take uh, a commercial break? And I'm going to give our audience an opportunity to pick up the phone and... Uh, and speak with Dr. Wayne Dyer, who will be here in Rhode Island on Tuesday evening uh, through the Learning Connection at Rhode Island College. Uh, some of our listeners uh, have already made arrangements, uh, thanks to the Learning Connection, who uh, uh, was able to, uh, to give us some uh, 
uh, tickets for uh, for our listeners. And I would uh, like to see if any of you have uh, would like to comment on some of Dr. Dyer's books that he has written. If they uh, um, how uh, how you reacted to them, if uh, if you'd like to speak with him in person here, 438-8700 is the number. You're listening to Cindy Gilman. Whoever you are, whatever you're standing in life, you have questions to be answered and issues created by today's social and economic problems. Some part of your life is being touched by these unsteady influences. It may be your job, your career, a personal relationship, or even a question regarding your own self-image or potential talents. An objective and intuitive professional can help facilitate the important decisions you need to make. The abilities of intuitives and psychics have been used extensively by corporations, law enforcement agencies, governments, and government leaders. But you need someone who will listen and focus on your personal needs. I'm Cindy Gilman, a professional, intuitive, and certified hypnosis counselor. When you visit my office in Cranston, you can experience an intuitive session or learn to relax through meditation or lose weight and beat stress through hypnosis. Our minds are powerful tools in helping us to be well and stay well and helping us achieve peace of mind. So take the first step toward improving your life. Call me. At area code 401-463-6222 for your personal appointment. And we're back. It's 1231 here in Rhode Island. And for those of you who are listening in Massachusetts and Connecticut, I wish you a good Sunday. And uh, my guest today is Dr. Wayne Dyer. And uh, Dr. Dyer is the author of several books and uh, his latest, Your Sacred Self. I want to mention that uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, through the Learning Connection, will be uh, here on Tuesday evening at Rhode Island College. If you would like to get tickets, you can call the Learning Connection at 274-9330. Um, he will be doing two workshops, one that begins at 6 o'clock and one at 8.15. Uh, Wayne, what are, the, uh, what are the workshops going to be all about? Well, I'll be talking about um, the things that we're talking about right now, actually. I'll be talking about the uh, ability to have this uh, sacred part of ourselves uh, dominate and uh, triumph over this ego. And uh, what we do is we tell a lot of stories, and uh, it, it, it's a very interesting, exciting, wonderful evening. And uh, we usually sell out all across the country. It's uh, it's really about uh, just tapping into a uh, a blissful side of yourself and uh, and mm -hmm. discovering some secrets that um, perhaps you're not aware of in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you say all across the country, but uh, in speaking with you this week, you just returned from Argentina. You have been traveling all over the world. Yes, I did. Louise Hay and I did a, a European tour, and then I went from there to Singapore and Kuala Lumpur and to Australia and with Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson. And so we've, um, you know, we've been uh, having a worldwide sort of uh, impact. And I think there's a spiritual revolution going on in the planet. I certainly was aware of that in Argentina last week. This is what I was going to ask you. Uh, how, what is the response? How do you think people are uh, responding to 
to your this is real this is a new message from you well it's uh it's i guess relatively new in comparison to what i was doing 20 years ago but right. I've, I've written uh, uh, three books just in the last uh, seven or eight years you'll see it when you believe it real magic and this one and also a novel called gifts from icas all of which are mm -hmm. uh, sort of reflective of this new consciousness and uh, this, this new awareness um, and the, the you know, Victor Hugo said in Les Miserables, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And I think the time has come. Uh, Madame Blavatsky talked about it in the back in the uh, 19th century. You know, that, oh, I that, love that. I do. I I'm do a too. fan of Madame Blavatsky's myself. <laughs> she was the founder of the Theosophists and the, right. the Secret Doctrine. Right. She predicted in the last 25 years of the millennium and in the first 11 years of the next uh, millennium, that there would be ushered in a, a an incredible spiritual revolution that would be led not by people who were in power, but by uh, people from all walks of life who had been through this spiritual transformation themselves. And they would be singers and dancers, they would be school teachers, they would be cab drivers, they would be medical doctors. Mm -hmm. And if you look, beginning in 1975, at uh, what has been transpiring on this planet, and particularly in the last uh, five or six years with right. the real shifts in the, you know, the geopolitical alignments and the, right. you know, the dropping of communism and apartheid and uh, the dismantling of uh, di dictatorships and so on, and the increase in, uh, in just spiritual awareness. I mean, what I was... What, 20 years ago, Cindy, I was uh, talking, uh, doing tours all across the country on sales and motivation and rah-rah and you can do it and, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you believe you can make anything happen and you've mm -hmm. got to go out and work hard and set goals. And, mm -hmm. and we used to draw tr tremendous crowds back in the, uh, in the 70s and early 80s. Uh, today, those things hardly anybody attends. Uh, and, but we, when we have uh, uh, something like Visions of the Future where myself and Marianne uh, Williamson and... Uh, and Louise Hay and Deepak Chopra and Barbara DeAngelis and people like this and Bernie Siegel, uh, whom I'm doing this with in New Orleans, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. in uh, January. These play, these these uh, are all messages of higher awareness and spiritual consciousness and, uh, and and finding God within yourself. And uh, and it's so wonderful to see physicians, psychologists, and people moving in that direction. Um, and businessmen too. I absolutely. Mean, uh, you know, the, the, I get more and more businessmen at my talks because I mean most of the books that are written about Tom Peters and and, and books like uh, uh, Theory Z and all of these, these are all books about service, about uh, caring for people more than you care for yourself, about mm -hmm. uh, transcending your own bottom line and your own egos, and not asking what are my quotas, but beginning to say what are yours and how may I serve you, mm -hmm. almost like a Mother Teresa approach to 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 businesses and those businesses who are focused on serving and on caring for other people are the ones that are going to thrive in the in the in the new millennium on true spirituality mm, absolutely yeah and uh, you know i think this country and uh, maybe not just limited to this country but the world uh over the last 15 or 20 years has shown a real hunger and a need for spirituality and and it doesn't seem to it it, it it knows no boundaries in terms of religions or people of different faiths. I believe God plays no favorites. Oh, I, I agree with you completely. As a matter of fact, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that it says in the New Testament is that even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. I think within each and every single soul on this planet, there is a, a miracle-making capacity, the ability to manifest. In fact, I've just put out a, a, a tape and a CD on teaching people how to, ma how to meditate. 
and uh, on what it is they would like to manifest in their life and have a knowing, not a belief, but a knowing that this is something that is going to, uh, to come from the world of the spirit into the world of the physical, which is where everything in the physical world comes from. I mean, uh, you know, you look at an acorn and you say, uh, uh, what will it become if you nurture it? You say, well, obviously it's going to become a tree. So you say, all right, show me treeness, show me treeness inside of an acorn. And you can't find anything resembling a tree in there because the cause of tree, the cause of everything in the physical world is in the unseen dimension. And that's true of our own lives as well. I think one of the most difficult things, especially for Americans, because I have been doing this work for over 25 years. I've been teaching meditation uh, to individuals and groups uh, for years. And, and I think one of the things that Americans especially have a difficult time uh, grasping is the concept of something that they cannot see, right, visually see, that uh, to grasp on to the idea of faith or a concept of something that is unseen. Yeah, I think, and, and uh, because we're very materialist-oriented, we're very ego-oriented. The ego part of us says it's only real if I can experience it with my senses. But, uh, you know, our, even our minds tell us that uh, a thought is something that doesn't have any form, it doesn't have any boundaries, you can't get a hold of it, and we certainly experience them all the time. And it is out of our thoughts, you know, as it says in the Old Testament, uh, you know, as you think, so shall you be. Out, right. of, out of your thoughts, Emerson reminded us, you know, it's like the ancestor to every action is a thought. Absolutely. Out of these thoughts come our reality, and without that thought, you can't have that reality. So a very simple premise to remember when you're very materialistically oriented and, and sense-oriented is that uh, if, you want to imp if you want anything for yourself in your life, you first must be able to conceive of it. Right. And the corollary of that is if you can't conceive of it, then obviously you can't create it. If you have doubt about your ability to be able to heal, to be able to manifest prosperity, to be able to have a divine relationship, to be able to have bliss in your life, if you have doubt about it, you will manifest that doubt. And, um, and if you don't have doubt, if you have a knowing, then out of that knowing you will be able to, uh, to find the divine power to create whatever you want for yourself in your life. Well, uh, I have I have a sincere knowing that there are some people on the phone waiting to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we will take our first call. Good afternoon. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're speaking with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Hello. Hi, is that me? Yes, can you speak up, dear? Oh, yes. Uh, my name is Diane. Yes, Hi. Diane. And I just finished reading your book which I enjoyed very much. Thank you very much. And I, I just had, a, I've, I've sort of gotten back into meditation uh -huh. that I, I had started 20 years ago and, and just sort of came back to it. And I just wanted to hear your, your views on, on the whole thing of how it's all related, the power of positive thinking and meditation. And, and do you think that this dawning, this new uh, awareness and new consciousness is, is really the dawning of the age of Aquarius? Ask ask Wayne what he thinks about those kinds of labels. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have a feeling everything's all one, and you have yeah. to sort of break it down into things that you can understand, but yeah. it all leads you to the same place. Yeah, I don't know about the names that we call it, whether we call it Aquarius or Scorpio or, you know, whether we call it Ralph. It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> Alan Watts once said to me, you, know, you can't get wet from the word water. You know, so it's, it's not what we call things. And uh, so, the, But I do really, what you're saying, yes, I, I really believe that uh, uh, this, uh, this whole idea of more and more people meditating, 
Uh, this meditation CD that I just, this guided meditation that I just put out is really a, uh, an effort to get, I had a teacher in Tibet who, who read a book of mine called You'll See It When You Believe It, and he said that you can become a teacher, and he said if you can get 1% of the people in America meditating on a, on a, on a daily basis, on creating the kind of consciousness that we would like to create in the world, the spirituality, because the, the problems that we face as an individual and as a, as a country represent a deficit of spirit virtually always. There's a spiritual solution to every problem in the world. Uh, if we can get people just doing that, just getting quiet, you know, that, to understand that God's one and only voice is silent. And when we, if we can just do that, 1% of the people can transform this country. And that's sort of a mission of mine right now, to, uh, to get enough people uh, guiding themselves on this meditation for manifesting what they want to achieve in their lives. And I think that this is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, this is just sort of airy, very new-agey kind of stuff. And, uh, but you'd be surprised at the large, large numbers of people. For example, if you interview everybody in America and ask how many believe in something like reincarnation, how many believe in uh, and having uh, abilities beyond just the physical? It comes to like 75, 80 percent of the people mm. have uh, have an openness to well, this kind of Well, don't you think that now people are, are able to talk about it more? I mean, we tried to dip into it, you know, in the 60s, and you were sort of boohooed. And, Absolutely. And now, it, it, 30 years later, we've sort of come back, and it's a little more acceptable to talk about. It's not only a little bit more acceptable, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mainstream. I mean, it, it is... Uh, That's it is, right. The closet yeah. spiritualists are coming out of the closet. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, <laughs> the book that I've just written, is Your Sacred Self, for, if I would have written this 20 years ago, I mean, I, out of the, I would have been laughed out of the professional community. Exactly. And I didn't even mention the word God in any of my books until about five or six years ago. And now I just, I can't, first of all, I can't even imagine myself. Uh, Ten years ago, I couldn't imagine myself meditating. Today, I can't imagine myself, my no. life without it. Right. And right. Uh, to be able to talk about these matters without uh, referring to that which is divine and that which is spiritual within us right. uh, is something that uh, you hear talked about. Not only do you hear talked about in, on programs such as this, but you hear the president of the United States and the vice president of the United States, and you hear you know, people making spiritual references all mm -hmm. the time. And, you know, it's like I remember the great... Uh, the great debate uh, back in uh, I think it was 1992 when uh, yeah uh, yeah when Gore and uh, uh, whoever he was running against for vice president at that time um, a Quayle um, were uh, having this argument and uh, Quayle was taking credit for the fall of communism and, and Gore had this wonderful line he said uh, for you to you and President uh, Bush and so on to take credit for the fall of communism is like the rooster taking credit for the sunrise. You know? <laughs> I mean, the idea that that the people who were in power somehow are the ones that got rid of communism, like they said, oh, this isn't a good way to treat people, right. is absurd. I mean, this came from a consciousness, from a consciousness among enough people, and it was almost done without any violence. You know, years years ago, and and uh, in the mid '70s, when I, I was working closely with Dr. Ryan to, when he was doing a lot of his research through Duke University. Um, we were talking considerably about all of the research that was being done uh, in what was then called the Soviet Union in terms of intuition and psychic right. phenomena. And one of the things that, that I talked about was the idea that a country that was so steeped in intuition and metaphysics and uh, would make that full, that wheel would make a full circle to it becoming a spirit, a spiritual uh, country. It had to. Absolutely. Yeah. 
you, you just can't have one without the other. And it's, well, and it's, it's changing right now. I mean, if you look at the, at the, at the basic major changes, I mean, the, the newspapers and, the, and TV and so on who are in the business of selling, uh, you know, news, news, and news sells if it's, it's sensational and sort of uh, tabloidish, are trying to convince us, for example, that race relations are much worse than they are and that the country is going to hell and, and a handbasket and all of these kind of things. But you just take a look at the indicators. Like in 1960, for example, how many, how many women do you think were graduating in medical and law school? You know, it was about one or two percent. Today it's 50 percent, you know, one out of every two. We've transcended those kinds of barriers. The, the, the fact is that 30 years ago, race relations in this country, I mean, if you were a black person and you were heading down from Providence to Florida, you had to really plan your trip because you couldn't stop in a motel along the way without being afraid for your life, and you wouldn't even get in anyway. Those kinds of things are just have absolutely disappeared. There's still way too much left over. Yes. But the fact is that we have made gigantic strides, and those strides haven't come about because of legislation. They've come about because of a new change in consciousness, a new right. awareness. And you awareness. Go, you can't go into a radio station any place in the country without seeing people of all races and religions all working together and, and you know, living together and, uh, and pretty much in harmony. There's some the things that uh, you know are still hanging on but uh, mm -hmm. if you follow the news and you follow the the tabloidism they'll they'll try to sell you on this idea that uh, you know uh, the, the whole world is uh, is in a horrible condition but, but it really isn't yeah, and that sets up creeping in on the tv the shows that are coming on now they have a lot more psychic shows and, and the, the you know angels and things like that i think that's amazing with movies and everything that come out so and people are talking about death near death experiences Absolutely. and life after life you know and, and by, by very reputable and, people by the way right and even experiences with loved ones that have passed on they're they're more eager diane we will uh, see you tuesday evening at red island college Great. okay thank you nice to talk to you all righty thank you okay uh wayne we have to take a little commercial break okay Okay, so uh, we have people waiting on the line to talk with you, and there's some things that I would like to ask you. Uh, so stay with us. And uh, for those of you who would like a chance to speak with Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is going to be uh, doing two uh, seminars at Rhode Island College through the Learning Connection on Tuesday evening, beginning at 6 o'clock. You can call the Learning Connection for tickets. Uh, their number is 274-9330. And uh, you know what the nice thing about going to something like this is? Because not only do you get to uh, see and hear uh, a person who is devoted to, uh, to his message, uh, but also it, uh, it kind of joins together a whole group of people interested in the same kinds of things. So come and bring your friends and... Uh, and maybe bring someone that uh, that you'd like to pull along on your journey. And we're back. It's 12.50. This hour is flying by. Uh, if you've just joined me, uh, I hope you're having a great Sunday as you get ready for the holidays. Everything is all decorated here in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And people are hustling and bustling and getting ready for the holidays. And... Uh, one of the things that Rhode Island is doing to, uh, to prepare for these holidays is uh, we are going to have the opportunity to, uh, to meet and hear and see Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is going to be here on Tuesday evening. 
uh, thanks to the wonderful people at the Learning Connection. And uh, if you would like to get tickets for uh, Dr. Dyer's presentation, which will be held at Roberts Auditorium at Rhode Island College, you can call the Learning Connection at 274-9330. And um, uh, last week or the week, the week before, there were some people who... Uh, uh, the Learning Connection presented some tickets, too, and uh, we are going to meet in front of the box office at 5.30. And uh, so you will uh, get, to, get to meet us in person, Wayne. Well, that's great. I look forward to that. We have, uh, we have some people that are on the line waiting to talk to you. So shall we take another sure, phone call? Sure, absolutely. Good. Okay. Good afternoon. You're on WHJJ. Hello? Yes, good afternoon. My yeah. name is Michelle. Michelle, could you speak up, dear? Yes. Um, I am. I was reluctant to call. I am very bitter about Dr. Dyer's book. Which one? Um, the, la the latest one about the ego and how you have to, um, you have to, um, like, go through a big downfall before you find your, you know, spiritual ego and all that. My husband of 31 years read your book recently. I'm not saying that's what, what made him do what he did. What he, did he do? He left. He left me after 31 years. He's into this ego business and this, uh, you know, spiritualism thing. He so, lied. He and, went and took a job down in another state. And you're blaming no, no, Dr. I, Dyer I'm on your husband these leaving? Books, these ego things. I think they're, they're dangerous uh, for people, especially men. He's, he's 54, and I do believe he's having a midlife crisis. He's perfectly happy. He keeps in touch, but he is not the same person. He, he, he he's wants, happy. He's happy, right, but he's made, he's made his adult children and me very, very, very upset and very sad, and he never, he never gave any kind of an inkling or any kind of a... Um, any, um, oh, I can't, I'm so angry. I'm not angry at you, Dr. Dyer. It's just that the, when these, these books come out and they happen to hit something that this person probably thinks he's lacking, don't. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115.